Please be seated. To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests gathered here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God uh, we, uh, upon which we base our message this morning is both the Old Testament reading and uh, the reading from the book of Acts chapter 2. Recall uh, the Old Testament reading, a few words from Genesis chapter 11. Let us go down there and mix up their language so they won't understand each other. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who on this day we remember through his divine intervention by the way of languages he scattered and by the way of languages he gathered, my beloved. Looking around at the various news media every day, I was tempted to think this past week that we're sort of living in the the days like the Judges. The book of Judges in the Bible closes with these words. Everyone did what he considered right. Today we're living in a day and age where a whole lot of people think that there are no absolutes. Whatever you think is right for you today is right. Whatever you think is wrong is wrong. We're living in a world of seeming chaos, politically, morally, financially, internationally. And that's why we gather together once a week here in our beloved house of God to be rejuvenated so that we don't simply wring our hands and curse the day. Instead, we come here to be reminded, we know that in all things, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, those whom he has called according to his plan. You will also know the unlimited greatness of his power as it works with might and strength for us, the believers. He worked with that same power in Christ when he brought him back to life and gave him the highest position in heaven. He is far above all rulers, authorities, powers, lords, and all other names that can be named, not only in this present world, but also in the world to come. God has put everything under the control of Christ. He has made Christ the head of everything for the good of the church. We come here to be reminded. But God also does not want us to stay in this building all week long. A group of Christians do their best work, believe it or not, when they're scattered everywhere, at school, at play, on vacation. We carry Jesus' name out into the world. There was a time, Holy Scripture reminds us, that God's people did not want to be scattered. They wanted to stay together, and what was so bad about their uh, desire to do that is they were rebelling against the will of God. And so God had to intervene miraculously and scatter the people so that his will might be done. Now, you heard this read before in Genesis chapter 11. Just to recall some of the words once again, the whole world had one language with a common vocabulary. 
As people moved toward the east, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said one to to another, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Let's build a city for ourselves and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves so that we won't become scattered over the face of the earth. This all happened perhaps, oh, 100, 150 years after the universal flood. And so Noah came off the ark. 150 years later, the the world began to be repopulated through Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. There's a conservative estimate that uh, suggests that about this time, there were only 30,000 people on the planet. And they all spoke the same language. No English, no German, no Spanish, no Italian, no Chinese. When Noah got off the, uh, off the ark, God repeated to Noah the same command that he gave to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Be fertile, increase in numbers, and fill or spread throughout the earth. So it was, though, that the people, after the flood, 30,000 people gathered in uh, a plain called Shinar. The Bible tells us it was well watered, good soil and water. And basically what they began to say is, we don't care what God says. We're staying in one location, and we're going to build a city, and we're going to build a tower, and we're going to make a name for ourselves. All that they were really after was status and security and sustenance and staying together. It's kind of interesting, too, how it says that that what we're going to do is we're going to burn or we're going to bake the bricks. We're not just going to use sun-dried bricks. We're going to actually uh, put the bricks into a kiln because this is going to be an artistic edifice. Everybody will see it and know what we did. God's reaction, it's kind of interesting. He says, uh, the Lord came down to see. The Trinity said, let us go down. Here they were planning and bringing the building this huge tower. Well, this is nothing but a speck to God. He said, let's go down and see what these guys are doing. So there was an on-site inspection. God didn't like what he saw. And so what he did is he changed the people's language. And all of a sudden, they couldn't understand one another. And obviously, if you can't understand one another, like if all of a sudden I was going like this and babble, blah, 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 pulpit, it doesn't absolutely mean anything to you. They couldn't understand each other's language. So how are you going to continue to build the, uh, complete the building project? And so it came to an end. And now all there was left was a stub of a building and a ghost town. German, Italian, French, Norwegian, Estonian, English, Chinese, Latvian, Russian are all the results of man's sin at the Tower of Babel. If you ever had to take any uh, language courses, foreign language courses, or uh, buy yourself a Rosetta Stone, that's because man disobeyed God at the Tower of Babel. God had a plan, and he was not going to be denied. I will make you and the woman hostile toward each other. I will make your descendants and her descendant 
hostile toward each other, he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And for that to happen, people had to scatter throughout the world because you know why? A baby hadn't been born in Bethlehem yet. And it wasn't God's plan for that baby to be born on the plain of Shinar. So, today is Pentecost, Bingston, White Sunday. What on earth does the Tower of Babel have to do with Pentecost? I thought today we're supposed to be concentrating on the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's kind of interesting that Pentecost is sort of a reversal of the Tower of Babel. God undoes on Pentecost what man's sin did at Babel. At Babel, God changed the languages so people couldn't understand each other and they scattered. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit worked his miracle, uh, just the opposite, so that the disciples could speak languages of everybody and they could all be, uh, be heard and finally be unified in the one language of the gospel. And so it was that many people, some people think as, as many as maybe a million people were jammed into Jerusalem at this day of Pentecost. Why? Because it was Pentecost, the Thanksgiving celebration, 50 days after Passover. It was one of the days where the people from all over the world would make their pilgrimage to come to Jerusalem. Some of them, in fact, have stayed over from Passover only 50 days uh, before. A lot of people jammed into town. And all of a sudden, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that sound like a tornado, uh, but the wind wasn't moving. And those little tongues of fire that appeared on the heads of all the apostles. And the disciples, Galileans, not university students, never studied any foreign languages, all of a sudden speaking foreign languages they never saw, uh, under, um, uh, studied before. And the most important miracle of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit used the message of Jesus Christ to change hearts. What was the message, by the way, that Peter spoke on this Pentecost? Acts chapter 2 tells us, Men of Israel, listen to what I say. Jesus from Nazareth was a man whom God brought to your attention. You know that through this man God worked miracles, did amazing things, and gave signs. By using men who don't acknowledge Moses' teachings, you crucified Jesus, who was given over to death by a plan that God had determined in advance. But God raised him from death to life and destroyed the pains of death because death had no power to hold him. David knew that the Messiah would come back to life, and he spoke about him before it ever happened. When the people heard this, they were deeply upset. They asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter and the apostles said, Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. And on that day, after there were only 120 disciples, all of a sudden there were 3,000. In, in, at the Tower of Babel, God used languages to scatter so that his will would be done. On Pentecost, he used languages to gather people into his church, and then they scattered themselves back home to the four corners of the earth from which they had come. Instant evangelism. 
God does his best work when his people are scattered to do his will. And sometimes he uses miracles to make that happen. So, 2016, what do the Tower of Babel and the miracles of Pentecost have to do with us today? At Babel and at that first Pentecost, God worked miracles so that his will could be done because he knew that his best work is done when his people are scattered. You are a miracle of God too. Each and every one of us gathered here today, a miracle of God. You came into this world speaking only baby gibberish. Even before you learned any language, God spoke to you with that special language of water and the word. He grabbed onto your heart. He spoke to you in a way that only God can do. Because I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord nor come to him. And it's so amazing because once you get called by the Holy Spirit to believe in him, all of a sudden we start doing things that are unnatural for people to do. People are not naturally inclined to do. I mean, you ever think about all the stuff that goes on even in this building from Monday through Saturday? Phone callings, cleanings, meetings, Bible classes, decorating the altar. I mean, the list goes on and on. This is the little busy beehive, you know, from Monday to Saturday. It's not completely empty. Another thing that uh, comes into Christians' hearts that, are, that, are, that uh, according to human uh, calculations, is so unnatural is that you and I have been given a patience in the midst of, of this chaotic world that the rest of the world can't understand because we take a look around and we say, this is not all there is. We do things that people aren't naturally inclined to do, like getting up early on Sunday morning so you can be here. We do things that people are not naturally inclined to do because God changed our hearts. You believe in the very same message that Peter preached on that first Pentecost, but God raised him from death to life and destroyed the pains of death because death had no power to hold him. Ever really think about how different we all really are here, members of a beautiful Savior? I'm not talking about different languages, but different in so many ways, different in the ways that you handle the finances in your home. Differences as to how you raise your children, how you decorate your homes, what your favorite colors are, what your political holdings are. But God worked a miracle, and so now, spiritually, we are all one, and we put aside our differences. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in you all, a oneness that is so unnatural. get my best feelings on Sunday morning when we can all be together. To be reassured that our Lord God is controlling this whole mess. 
to have our faith strengthened. But you know what? God does not want us to stay here Monday through Saturday. So that God's will might be done, pretty soon it's time to scatter again. Wherever you go this week, let God work his miracles through you as you touch the lives of others. With what message? Well, a single message, simple message too. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So pretty soon it's time to scatter. And as you go, scatter that seed of the word wherever you go too. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the catechesis, the words of Dr. Martin Luther in the catechism. We begin. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. I dare not try 